Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring work day. I was a skinny, frightened lad, no more than 17. The sorriest excuse for a man that you have ever seen. But now I am a Thornbird and as proud as I can be. Colonel Thornbush made a man. This ring is a symbol that you are my husband. This ring is a symbol that you are my husband. I want to give you two a little something for Mother and me, just to bring you a little extra happiness. This is Judy Benjamin. Oh, my! Uh, that's for the future, not Lord and Taylor. Oh, you know, All her life, she got everything she ever wanted, and a few things she didn't. Uh, I did join the army, but I joined a different army. Uh, I joined the one with the condos. And the private rooms. What? No, really, my, my, my recruiter, Jim Ballard, told me that... I don't that... care, I don't care what your lousy recruiter told you, Benjamin. Now, I'm telling you, there is no other army. Excuse me, sir, is green the only color these comments? Come on, move it, Benjamin. I don't want to see you stop running unless you collapse. Faith or puke. Has anybody ever died from basic? Personally, I think you've gone temporarily insane. That's what we told everyone. You said that you'd, uh, you'd, you'd had a collapse and, and uh, you were in a mental home. People think I'm in a mental home? Mm. I want to wear my sandals and I want, I want to go out to lunch. I want to be normal again! I just can't believe that you were in this army. <laughs> well, if I knew you better, I'd show you my dog tags. How much better? Glory, glory, I'll be falling through the sky. Glory, glory, I am not afraid to die. Glory, glory, I'm as proud as I can be. Colonel Thornbush made a man out of me. Goldie Hawn is Private Benjamin. Glory, glory, I am not afraid to die. Glory, glory, I'm as proud as I can be. Colonel Thornbush made a man out of me. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's episode, we're going to do the 1980 movie Private Benjamin. Now, the studio was Warner Brothers. The release date was October 10th, 1980. The running time, 109 minutes. The rating was R. The budget, $15 million. And the box office was a success with $69.8 million, making it the sixth most ranked film of 1980. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 81% fresh from 31 reviews. The critics' consensus is Private Benjamin proves a potent showcase for its Oscar-nominated star, with Goldie Hawn making the most of a story that rests almost completely on her daffy, irresistible charm. Roger Ebert at the time gave it three out of four stars, and here's his review. Howard Zeff's Private Benjamin is an appealing, infectious comedy starring Goldie Hawn as Judy Benjamin, a Jewish-American princess breathless with joy on the day of her second marriage. She has a real catch. 
He's named Yale. He's a professional man. He wants his study done in mushroom colors. Alas, he dies and throws a passion on his wedding night, something his grieving mother discovers when Judy solemnly repeats his last words, and Judy goes into mourning. What's she to do? She calls into an all-night talk show and is promised a solution by another caller. The next day, we meet the guy with the answer, played by Harry Dean Stanton, that wonderful character actor who could be Robert Mitchum's sneaky cousin. The guy turns out to be an army recruiter, and he solemnly paints a picture of army life that has Judy signing up. Her subsequent shocks of discovery provide the great laughs of the movie's best scenes. She solemnly explains to a captain, Eileen Brennan, that she did sign up for the army, yes, but with another army. (laughs) Where, she asks, are the private condo living quarters that the recruiter promised her? And surely the army could afford some draperies. In no time at all, she's cleaning the latrines with an electric toothbrush. (laughs) This is an inspired idea for a movie comedy, and Goldie Hawn has a lot of fun with it. She finds just the right note for her performance, poised halfway between the avaricious and the slack-jawed, the calculating and the innocent. She makes some kind of impression on everyone she runs against or into, especially Robert Weber, as a square-jawed Colonel Thornbush, commander of the army's elite paratroop unit, the Thornbushers. It's about this point that the movie seems to lose its unique comic direction and turn into a more or less predictable combination of service comedy and romantic farce. After Judy's parents try to rescue her from the army, she suddenly decides to stay and stick it out. She turns into a passable soldier. She almost inadvertently captures the entire red team and makes them blue prisoners of war during the war games. And she is invited to join the Thornbushers by Colonel Thornbush himself, who who turns out to have an alternative in mind if Judy doesn't want to jump at 13,000 feet. Along the way, she meets a sexy and eligible French bachelor who's a gynecologist. After she blackmails Thornbush into sending her into Allied Army headquarters in Paris, she falls in love with the Frenchman, Armand de Sante, and gets involved in Gaelic romantic intrigues. It turns out that her would-be third husband is more interested in Sunday morning soccer games and cute little downstairs maids than in the kind of marriage Judy Benjamin was brought up to desire. This stuff is occasionally funny, but it's kind of predictable. It turns Private Benjamin into areas that are too familiar. We've all seen the comic situations that grow out of the courtship with the Frenchman, and we'd really rather have seen more stuff of Private Benjamin in the army. The movie would have been better off sticking with Goldie Hawn as a female Beetle Bailey and forgetting about the changes that allow her to find self-respect, dealing with the Frenchman, etc. Still, Private Benjamin is is refreshing and fun. Goldie Hawn, who is a true comic actress, makes an original, appealing character out of Judy Benjamin, and and so the movie feels alive, not just an exercise in gags and situations. I don't remember the first time I saw a Private Benjamin, but it was likely on TV or possibly my mom rented it. And even though it's rated R, it's a pretty tame R for today's standards. And since I had already seen the Blues Brothers, which was also rated R at the time, my parents never really blocked me from watching films. Uh, For the most part, quality R films would always get a pass over potential crap. And I do agree with Ebert's sentiment. The movie is far better in the beginning. Uh, then the second half is kind of like Stripes in many ways. It was always easy to kind of watch Goldie Hawn films, as, as Ebert mentioned, and she was and is a terrific comedic actress. And these were the good old days where, you know, she could carry a film all by herself and moviegoers would simply see a film because she was in it. And I really don't envision someone like, say, Melissa McCarthy, Tina Fey, or other current comedic actresses, both of whom I enjoy, by the way, uh, having the same sort of effect on the audience like Goldie did back in the day. 
All right, let's get into the main cast. So you, of course, have Goldie Hawn, who plays Judy Benjamin. And, and Hawn burst into show business starting in 1968 on the hit TV show Rowan and Martin's Laughing. And then her first film appearance actually won Best Supporting Actress for her in the role of the 1969 movie Cactus Flower, which also had Ingrid Bergman and Walter Matthau. And from there, her fame never really wavered. Uh, some other notable movies she appeared in during the 70s uh, before Private Benjamin include The Sugarland Express, Shampoo, and the really awesome Foul Play with Chevy Chase. Eileen Brennan plays Captain Doreen Lewis, and Brennan was also a regular on Rowan and Martin's Laughing and was notable for her roles in Divorce American Style from 1967 and The Lax picture show from 1971 private benjamin would arguably be her best known film role but she did appear in many successful tv series like taxi new heart 30 something and will and grace armand asante plays Henri tremont and private benjamin was asante's breakout role as he was pretty much a television actor prior to this film he would go on to play usually uh, mafia or tough guy roles after private benjamin which is interesting because as Henri. He's exactly the opposite of what would he, he would eventually be typecast as. Uh, great supporting cast in this film include Robert Weber, Albert Brooks, Mary Kay Place, Harry Dean Stanton, PJ Souls, and Craig T. Nelson. The director, Howard Zeif, and, and Howard Zeif began directing uh, in films in the 70s, but he was already, uh, he already had a successful career in advertising photography. But in the 70s, he uh, directed Slither, Hearts of the West, House Calls, and 1979's Main Event with Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill, and that was his most successful movie he directed in the 70s. All right, let's just get right into the movie, and the, and the film starts with the following title card. When Judy Benjamin was eight years old, she confessed her life's desire to her best friend. All I want, Judy whispered, is a big house, nice clothes, two closets, a live-in maid, and a professional man for my husband. Today, all of Judy's dreams come true. So Judy is getting married to Yale, played by Albert Brooks, in a traditional Jewish wedding. This wedding, which comes with, of course, the old staple, Haba Nagila, and this is the chair dancing in which the bride and groom are hoisted in front of the crowd. Good times. Speaking of Brooks, he is one of the most underrated comedians and comedic actors around. He is always brilliant in everything he's in. And amazingly, this was only his third film, with his debut being Taxi Driver in 1976. So Judy is the typical spoiled princess who's used to being, you know, being given everything she wants. And she even complains that the Ottoman is not in mushroom color. So Judy is beautiful, but the princess act would kind of get old really quick. So Judy and Yale decide to go back to their place after the wedding and decide to consummate the marriage after the, uh, and they end up having sex. And so this doesn't last long, but, a long <laughs> but it's long enough for Yale to croak after he climaxes. And as they say, he was coming and going all at once. So, after one day of marriage, Judy is now a widower. Her parents basically worried that at the age of 28, she has absolutely no skills and really can't even take care of herself. And this is sort of ironic, since it was her parents who sheltered her. So, Judy locks herself in a hotel room for a week and calls a radio advice show where a man named Jim, that's Harry Dean Stanton, says he's got the answer for her. As it turns out, he's an army recruiter. And I love how they pitch it like it's some sort of vacation full of travel and excitement. It's the new army. It's the 80s. Right, right. Well, the, the $458 a month salary is more than what she was currently making, which was zero. And so, hey, food and housing's paid for. And she may even get to travel to Europe. She asks if she hates it, what can she do? 
She can quit, Jim says. It's like any other job. Right. So it's funny. I just remembered while watching this movie, receiving at least two military recruitment calls a week when I was a senior in high school. So when you're 18 and you're male, you have to register for the military. This is different from being drafted. You just have to register. And by the way, for equal rights, I would have I would think it would be fair if females would have to follow this protocol as well. But anyway, moving right along. <laughs> So I would get sick of getting all these phone calls. And so my friends and I would come up with many fun things to tell the recruiter. So like one time, uh, I acted like a psycho asking how many guns we could get. Fun stuff like that, right? Or the next time I'd act interested as long as my boyfriend could enlist with me. Uh, the latter seemed the easiest way to get the, the call to disconnect. Uh, I think times have probably changed a little bit. Who knows? In any case, Hal Williams is great as the initial drill, and, drill sergeant, and we get to see PJ Souls, who would also appear in another military comedy a year later in Stripes. So Judy gets a rude awakening when she's still on the bus asleep as the rest of the cadets are lining up. Williams decides to throw her off the bus and make her do push-ups, which does not go well for her. Then it's your common basic training trope. Uh, as the cadets receive their uniforms, they, they get used to their barrack, etc. Uh, you know, as good as Hal Williams is, the scene stealer in the movie is Eileen Brennan, who is amazing as Captain uh, Doreen Lewis. She takes it as a personal challenge to turn Judy into a real soldier. Sergeant Ross, this is the most pathetic group of trainees I have ever laid my eyes on. Wow. Ladies... My companies are the best trained, the best disciplined soldiers on this base. Huh? Um, <laughs> I hate to interrupt you, but, um, could I speak to you oh, for a sec? my lord, Sergeant, would you look at this? I've seen it, ma'am. <gasps> what's, what's your name, Princess, huh? Judy. Judy. Mm -hmm. Judy Benjamin. Judy Benjamin. Um... <clears throat> I think they sent me to the wrong place. Uh-huh. See, uh, I did join the army, but I joined a different army. Uh -huh. uh, I joined the one with the condos and the private rooms. <laughs> no, really, my, my, my recruiter, Jim Ballard, told me that... I don't care, that... I don't care what your lousy recruiter told you, Benjamin. Now, I'm telling you, there is no other army. Wait a minute. I don't want to have to go to your boss or anything, okay? I just... Look, to be truthful with you, I can't sleep in a room with 20 strangers. Oh, dear. And, I mean, look at this place. Yeah. The army couldn't afford drapes. I mean, I'll be up at the crack of dawn here. Mm. And I have to tell you, I am, frankly, a little shocked. You're shocked? Yes. Why? This place is a sty. It's a sty? Yeah, I mean, look, look. Look at look at these stains. God uh -huh. knows where this has been. Yeah. And have you seen the bathroom? What, uh, do you think that the latrine, do you think that it's unsanitary? Oh, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. There are urinals in there. Well, that's because this is the army. Benjamin is not a sorority house. Um, may I see your toothbrush, please? Please. Actually, you know, I think I realized a year is a year ago, but it's worth mentioning. I kind of did already that the movie Stripes is essentially the male version of Private Benjamin. But who cares though? They're they're both hilarious. 
the supporting cast is again it, it's great and you get some up-and-coming actors um you know like mary Kay place and craig t nelson and of course robert weber was already uh, a veteran the training scenes are fun, as Ebert says, but they're typical of military comedies. It's also hilarious watching Judy attempt to, to run and train. And Judy realizes that she's now stuck in the army for three years and she can't quit. Everyone hates Judy in, in the unit uh, because all she does is complain about everything. And then she tries to go AWOL and gets tangled into a barbed wire fence. And because of this, the entire troop must march in the rain. So then her parents visit her and decides to uh, and decide to form her that they are telling people that she's in a psychiatric hospital since joining the military is insane. Oh, God, they didn't tell me it was you. Hi, Daddy. Sit down, Joe. I was... Been a call, but I wasn't feeling very good. Eight days. Our daughter disappears for eight days without a single word. We thought you were kidnapped. We had the FBI out looking for you when we get a call from some stranger telling us how fine you are and that you'd enlisted in the goddamn army. We tried to figure out why. Personally, I think you've gone temporarily insane. But that's what we told everyone. We said that you'd, uh, you'd, you'd had a collapse and, and uh, you were in a mental home. People think I'm in a mental home? Mm. Well, what should we have told them? That you're living in an army barracks in Mississippi with a bunch of... A bunch of... What? I don't know what! That's why I don't like it. How could you do this to your parents, huh? Haven't we done enough for you? Haven't we given you everything you ever wanted? Did I get you a car on your 16th birthday? Did I get you into college? Did I bail you out of your first marriage, that schmuck, did I? Teddy, relax. I am relaxed! Relax. Why are you punishing us, hmm? Maybe you hate us. I don't hate you. I love you. You know your Aunt Kissy is living with us now? Why? Why? Because your mother's had a nervous breakdown. That's why. You were never a smart girl. Now we're all going to stop pretending now. You are obviously incapable of making your own decisions. All right. Starting tomorrow, I do not let you out of my sight. And I don't care how much you cry. Ah, the Benjamins. Captain Lewis. Mr. Benjamin. Mrs. Benjamin. It is so good to meet you finally in person. Thank you. Mr. Benjamin. Uh, Captain Lewis said that we could come and take you home, darling. I'm sorry that things just didn't work out here for Judy. She's a, she's a hard worker, and uh, she's very... Uh, she's popular with all the other girls. Oh. We are sad to see her go. Now, if, uh, 
You'll just sign right here on the dotted line. You're as good as home, young lady. Right, right there. Here, darling. Here you are. Come on, darling. Here, take it. No, thanks. I think I'll stay. Captain Lewis? However, seeing the true colors of her parents is the t really the turning point that Judy needs to shape up. A uh, great montage scene of Judy, of Judy turning into a real soldier, which of course is an 80s staple, the montage. By the way, I I've never made my bed tight enough to bounce a quarter off it. I think I'm good with never doing this, however. <laughs> then you have the military's version of Capture the Flag, which is essentially a mock war game, and it's fun to watch, but the aftermath isn't great for the troop. <laughs> What they do? Inspection, ladies. Well, 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 Lady Luck. Don't you look at me with those baby blues. I'm not the great thorny. But you finally succeeded in making a fool out of me, didn't you, Judy Benjamin? Ma'am, yes, ma'am. Well, I've got a reward for you, my little hero. You're all gonna scour every inch this rat's nest. Inside out, I mean... I mean the bed frames, the window ledges, the... the linoleum. The toilet seats. You understand me? Ma'am, yes, ma'am. I can't hear you. Ma'am! Yes, ma'am! I can't hear you! Ma'am! Yes, ma'am! It breaks my little old heart. I have to bust up our winning team, but I have been assigned to a new post. A good post! Let's not keep in touch, shall we? So this scene, there were off-duty servicemen and women that were used as extras for the war games and basic training sequences as, a re as the replica basic training course was very authentic. So they do pull off an amazing uh, prank on Captain Lewis, but you're going to have to just, you know, watch and find that out. Eventually, the troop gets a leave once completing basic training, and Judy meets a French gynecologist, as Ebert says, named Henri... Uh, Armand, who's played by Armando Sante, and they fall for each other. But for now, it's just a one-night stand as Judy is off uh, to the base in Biloxi, Mississippi, under Colonel Thornbush, who's played by Robert Weber. 
However, he makes a pass on Judy while doing a skydiving exercise, though he claims it was just to get her to relax and do the jump. But because of the foul play, Judy and Thornbush agree that she should be transferred. He suggests Greenland or Guam. <laughs> and she ends up getting Belgium, which means she cl- she's closer to Henri. Interestingly enough, just like Stripes, uh, the best scenes are the basic training, and the rest of the movie is enjoyable, but it's not as great as the training. However, the remaining part of the plot is interesting. It isn't as ridiculous as the almost war that Bill Murray and, and, and his squad almost started in Stripes. So there's a lot of fun facts about this film. Uh, Private Benjamin was actually nominated for three Oscars, uh, Best Leading Actress for Goldie Hawn, which Sissy Spacek won for Coal Miner's Daughter. Uh, Best Supporting Actress for Brennan, uh, Mary Steenburgen won for Melvin and Howard, and then the screenplay was also won by Melvin and Howard. The film was actually turned into a TV series in 1981 with Eileen Brennan and Hal Williams reprising their movie roles for TV. Lorna Patterson played Judy, and she's actually best known as Randy, the stewardess in the original Airplane movie. She's the one that's playing guitar and knocks the IV out of a young girl's arm who needs a heart transplant. It's funny, when I was mentioning uh, I wanted to see if Lindley wanted to be on the podcast to talk about this movie, she's like, wait, wasn't this a TV show? I know that better. (laughs) Okay, maybe I won't have you on. There have always been talks of remakes, of course, because Hollywood's official, officially out of ideas. Uh, one time with Anna Ferris, another time as Rebel Wilson, uh, rumored to take the role of Judy. You know, enough with the lame remakes already. Come up with some decent ideas. Uh, you know, and nothing against the two actresses, especially Ferris, but they can't hold a candle to Goldie Hawn. It would just be like what they did with Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. So Goldie Hawn actually signed on to Private Benjamin in June of 1979, and she actually went through real boot camp for training for six weeks. PJ Souls had to audition for the film wearing a dark wig as Goldie Hawn didn't want another blonde to be featured in the production. The movie was the first ever screenplay especially written and tailored for Goldie Hawn. Han was actually five months pregnant with her daughter, which would be Kate Hudson, when she was approached by writer Nancy Myers with a story outlined for this movie. Han said after reading it, you write the damn thing and I'll produce it. While making the movie, Han was going through a divorce for then, from her then husband, Bill Hudson. The poster in the video art for the movie is a parody of the poster All Quiet on the Western Front from 1930. Penelope Spears was actually offered a chance to direct Private Benjamin. She's best known for the Decline of Western Civilization documentaries, which are amazing, and of course, Wayne's World. All right, does this movie hold up? I think so, especially if you like Stripes. It's it's kind of that, you know, it's got a 70s feel because it is 1980s, but you can see where it was going uh, into the, uh, you know, the regular 80s. Um, I I love Goldie Hawn movies, and again, I, I, was, I grew up on real celebrities and superstar actors and actresses ones that could carry movies all by themselves and i miss those days because frankly and i say it time and time again there's nobody there's nobody new that's doing that today um you know i i think the best scripts are coming from television now and and those are the best uh things i'm seeing now uh everything else is a rehash or a superhero movie and i do like superhero movies but even now i'm just kind of like okay i'll see it eventually but i don't get excited over them anyway If you like 80s and you like Goldie Hawn, I think this is kind of a no-brainer for you. All right. Until next week, this is Brian signing off. Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. 
I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the bad beat, because even when you lose, you still win. We are officially on Spotify now, so if you don't use iTunes, if you don't use the Podbean app, you can go to Spotify and get all of our past episodes. You can stream it on there, so if you're a Spotify user, you can go find Damn Good Movie (laughs) I can't even say my own podcast. Damn Good Movie Memories. Yes, I know what I'm talking about. I'm the host, right? Okay, so go to Spotify, look for Damn Good Movie Memories. You can stream all of that stuff, and yeah, so if you don't want to use iTunes, you don't want to use Podbean, you can use Spotify as well. All right, before we sign off, we do have t-shirts are available for sale. All you have to do is go to tpublic, that's T-E-E-P-U-B-L-I-C.com, and you can get your very own Damn Good Movie Memories t-shirt. You can get all sizes, any gender, you can get whatever you want just at the tip of your fingers. So just go to tpublic.com, look up Damn Good Movie Memories, and you can get your very own t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast and are an iTunes user, please do the show a favor and head on over to the official iTunes page for Damn Good Movie Memories. Be sure to leave a rating and a review. This will allow the show to appear higher in the algorithm and spread the joy of this podcast to the masses. If you are not an iTunes user, you can still listen and subscribe on Podbean at damngoodmoviememories.podbean.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook under our Damn Good Movie Memories page. You can also listen to a limited number of episodes on YouTube. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and be sure to tune in next week for an all new episode of Damn Good Movie Memories. I am Dr. Fuck. And I'm the actual alcoholic. And we are part of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. We are the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. That's right. And the way you can check us out is we are on iTunes and also Podbeam. And we forgot a review recently. I got this review right here. It says right here, it says, Rock and Metal Combat Podcast is the greatest podcast in the world. And it's my number one podcast signed by Science. Now, and then Science also says... Science! Science also said... My second favorite podcast is It Doesn't Matter, The Rest Suck. Rock and Metal Combat Podcast on iTunes and Poppy. Check it out. Science! Are you ready for the hottest new podcast out there? Check out the Vieira Vault featuring none other than Dr. Fuck Ralph Vieira. You will hear personal stories and personal songs from the vault. There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only, the original Vieira Vault on Podbean, Stitcher.com, and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. This is Stephen Michael from the Growing Up Rock Podcast. If you're like me and my co-host, Sonny Hollywood Pooney, you grew up loving hard rock and metal music. Check out our podcast where we talk to bands and artists that help create the soundtrack to our lives, along with playing some killer new and old deep tracks of kick-ass guitar-driven rock and roll. 
Find us wherever you find your podcast to listen to. That's the Growing Up Rock Podcast. G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K. And feel free to hit us up at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Growing Up Rock. So sit back and crank it up. 